Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Blockbuster. Look, there's no easy way to say this. Seven more Blockbusters just closed, and you're officially the last one on Earth. Kind Rewind, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Season 1 of Blockbuster. Special thanks to our friends at Netflix Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this season early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. And before we get to this review, I want to let you know that if you are like us and you're huge Star Wars fans, we currently have our watch club going on for Star Wars Andor. Uh, right now, we've got uh, currently two episodes out featuring uh, covering episodes one to three and four to six of that series. Uh, we go deep into our theories and speculation as well as our thoughts on the episode and soon we'll have our watch club out for episodes seven to nine. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for that uh, because there's a rebellion growing and you can be a part of it. Uh, also, we have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes out every single Wednesday where we break down our thoughts on the latest news and trailers surrounding all the things we love with our, our latest episode out right now uh, with our thoughts on the casting of Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Wonder Man in the MCU uh, and our thoughts on the trailer for the Santa Clauses. Uh, all right, with that said, let's get to this review. Joining me for this trip to the rental store of nostalgia is my fellow VHS owner, Darcy, the dramedy slash horror section, Hudson. Why am I the horror section? Just because of age? <laughs> Just because of age, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't think of another genre. Yeah, it's a, the <laughs> more Kevin section is horror, I think, and even that's a stretch. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's he's he, he maybe he might you know he might m create the horror, but he doesn't love to experience it. No, that's for sure. no, me me, uh, I'm in that same boat. <laughs> yeah, uh, Darcy. Before we get into our thoughts on this uh, this this series, I you know I know we've discussed this before, but I want to know: Did you have any? What was like maybe one of your fondest memories of going to Blockbuster? Well, Blockbuster for me, I think we we mentioned it during the tra trailer time when we were talking about our, our memories and stuff. But uh, it was where I went for N sixty four games and video game rentals. That was the video mm -hmm. game rental place for me. So I just I remember going over there. It was like you said, we you'd, we'd go over before a sleepover and pick out the game that we'd spend the next eight hours pl straight playing once we got home. So that was that was my memory is just the games and, and walking down that aisle and then, of course, picking up the one box of candy for that sleepover. So it was it happened so many times, they all blend together. And I remember, it, it's funny because now I still get this feeling, but I've bought the game, so it feels even worse. <laughs> but feeling so gutted when you would get home and you, you put the game in and you're like... This is not as good as I mm -hmm. thought it was going to be. And then you're like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck with this for the next at least week. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm only renting this because exactly. it, it could have been a lot worse had I put more of my parents' money into it and not touched it at all. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, oh, I just spent $80 on this and I can't get it back because it's a digital copy. And yeah, brutal, <laughs> brutal. Uh, for myself, I have to go with, um, I mean... The midnight game releases were always really fun. Uh, I think that was kind of some of the the last of the midnight game releases were were my time at uh, at Blockbuster. I think for Halo uh, is where I, I experienced that. But also um, just browsing the aisle of my you know of of all the different 
aisles going up and down and just kind of like looking at all the, the different movies and, and games. My favorite memory of all time, though, printing out pictures of my Pokemon from Pokemon Snap. That was one of the coolest things that Blockbuster ever did in the late 90s. And I wish I still had the their like little postage stamp sized mm-hmm, pictures. Mm-hmm. They were never that good, but I'll be damned if I didn't feel like a professional Pokemon photographer, you know, walking in and being like, you know, other people looking like, what is that? What is going on? I'm like, oh, I'm just printing off my my pictures. But look, I, <laughs> I actually got a picture of this uh, this this Pikachu or whatever. This is right after I knocked that Charmander into the pool of lava so that he'd evolve, you know, just torturing <laughs> <Exactly>. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, dude, I actually got a picture of Snorlax awake, okay? <laughs> you don't understand how much I went through to, to do this. So, um, all right, well, let me get to the synopsis for this show. Um Timmy Yoon is an analog dreamer living in a 5G world, and after learning he is operating the last blockbuster video in America, Timmy and his staff employees, uh, including his longtime crush, Eliza, fight to stay relevant. The only way to succeed is to remind their community that they provide something big corporations can't, human connection. Blockbuster stars Randall Park, Melissa Fumero, Madeline uh, Arthur, J.B. Smoove, Olga Meredith, Tyler Alvarez, Kamia Fairburn and Keegan Connor Tracy, uh, and is created by Vanessa Ramos. Uh, the series is out on Netflix as of right now. If you're listening to this on the day of release, November third, uh, Darcy, I know you were telling me that you enjoyed the show prior mm-hmm. to us recording, as you were sort of starting to get into it. Um, so I, want, I actually want you to kick us off, if it's okay. What uh, what worked for you uh, about Blockbuster? Well, like I said in our trailer reaction, what drew me in and had me kind of more excited for this show was the cast of quirky characters. And I feel like they really delivered on, on the most part for these these characters and the recurring you know storylines and jokes they have going. Uh, again, Randall Park and Melissa Fumero are amazing. And yeah. I feel like they really carry this show, which seems to be the intent as they are the, the main uh, characters that we're following. And Again, it's it's more than just uh, working at a rental store. It really is about the lives of the people who work there, and I, I can see going forward how they can expand upon that through the uh, the visage of a rental video store. Yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of um, Melissa Fumero and Randall Park carrying uh, the show. They really they really do, and I think that's for better and for worse. And I, I can expand upon that a little bit uh, later. But um, I will say I did think. Uh, Olga Merida's character Connie uh, did kind of get me at times. I did kind of really yeah. start to enjoy her by the end of the season. Yeah, she took the longest for me to grow to like. Uh, it was definitely around like the seventh or eighth episode where I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I get on board with her character. I can I want to see what more stuff she gets into going forward. But it was yeah. definitely a slow burn for some of the characters. And it, yes, looking back at some of the sitcoms recently, Superstore included. It, the first season is always the roughest when they're trying to find their footing mm-hmm. and, and kind of set like set the tone for what they're trying to tell a story or, or story-wise and stuff like that. So uh, again, it it grew on me the more I watched the series, especially all the characters. Yeah, I, I can feel that. I think I think overall the the rest of the cast are fine. Um, I, I don't think any of them bothered me, so to speak. Like none of them, I was like, oh, I don't like that character, um, which that's, you know, the same can't be said about some other series that I've actually really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There's still sometimes that one character that I'm just like, I'm really not feeling them. None of them bothered me. I just felt like none of them also really, really hit for me. Um, I did feel like there was it, it, sort of the tropes that these characters are 
um, portraying are a little conventional. They're they're very um, they're not very original in my mind um, compared to things like Superstore or some of the other series like Brooklyn Nine Nine um, that were sort of you know they're, they're adjacent to this mm-hmm. series. We're mm-hmm. seeing them in and around, and we're you know especially this coming from uh, some of the creators of those series. Um, I will say though. I downloaded every song played at the end of each episode uh, that went into the credits. Like whoever was making that decision was making the right right decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single one was a banger. Um, I don't know what was going on there. I don't know why the that that was when the music decided to get really really <laughs> dope. I think those were the moments that at least audibly uh, stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, it, I found it very odd that this the series liked to do almost cliffhanger type endings for each episode, and I feel like yeah. that song was really meant to make that ending stick out in your in your head, and they, it really does that. And that going into the next episode, you remember exactly where it, it left off. So, I mean, in my opinion, that was really well done. And a lot of sitcoms kind of don't have that through connectivity or or try to carry it as much as this show seems to really be driving a central storyline. Yeah, I did find that was one of the other sort of positives that I did have for the show in terms of a narrative. Um, because again, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm running out on positives here, but I, <laughs> I will say um, the, 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 they did a good job at referencing previous episodes as the episodes went on. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were able to call back to certain moments uh, story-wise that if you didn't watch the previous episode, you wouldn't get. So as far as it, you know, I think a lot of, uh, of these shows, you don't have to have seen the previous episodes mm-hmm. to fully understand what's going on. And this one, you're right. All the characters do have sort of a, an overall narrative, um, I think the from the from a comedy standpoint because again this is a comedy um there are a couple running gags in this show that actually did work for me mm-hmm. um I, I think probably my favorite one is the the customer who always chimes in at the exact wrong time <laughs> and then she just slowly backs away quietly um because she knew that she just like stepped in something mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed her quite a bit one of my favorite recurring uh, jokes or spots is just the, the news anchors every yeah, week. Always on vacation. Always on vacation. And for something, something about that just made me smile every time you, the new person is saying, oh, I'm in for this. Who is on vacation? And the next one is so kind of just continuing that joke. That To me, those little jokes are what you know make me smile. And, I, and this show has enough of them that I, I look forward to more stories and more, more you know random recurring characters. Yeah, and those are the kind of things that I think both as they sort of as characters as the main characters start to get that but also the the customers and the additional characters surrounding uh the main cast if this show was to get a season two those are the kind of things that you want to sort of be like oh yeah okay like in season one when they did that Mm -hmm. um you want those to kind of hit for you i will say though being completely honest about the comedy i think maybe 25 percent of the jokes hit for me i didn't laugh as much as I wanted to there's a ton of movie references mm-hmm. there's a ton of of great references that way but I just found as though I, I just felt like the the jokes they there were moments where they were trying too hard to explain the joke as they were telling it and that that style of comedy just doesn't fully work for me where they're kind of I don't know it felt like they were trying harder than they should have don't get me wrong I I get that this show again is a comedy but there were some instances where i'm like 
I don't know if that joke needed to be said right then. Mm. Like, I think they could have let the moment lie. Um, and and I think even in, in certain moments where the show has an opportunity to go more dramatic and go uh, make you feel a little bit something, they throw in like a, a really cheesy joke that honestly, if it was really funny, I wouldn't mind. I would be laughing. But it it's not. And then it that sort of just sort of took me out even more. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about the comedy. I I enjoyed it. Again, I'm remembering to me Superstore was the one that comes to mind and that the first mm-hmm. the first season I had a lot of similar feelings about this this one where it was like again, some of the jokes were a bit too explained thoroughly or out of place, you know, the pacing for the story and tone kind of shifted a bit too much, but they again, it found itself by the second season. That's when I really fell in love with the character and stuff like that. And so I see, I guess what I like about this series is that I see that same potential with these characters totally. and the storytelling potential. And I, I do agree, though, that there were some tonal shifts that were kind of questionable, but didn't mm-hmm. take me out of it enough because I, again, by the end of the series, I was invested in all these character arcs and, and wanted to see what next hap- uh, is going to happen to the, these these guys, so... Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, and I think I think there's going to be people that obviously comedy is subjective. There, people are some people are going to like really understand mm-hmm. and get the humor. Um, I I did feel as though they, it felt like they were trying to appeal to two audiences that are what make up the character dynamics in the show, right? Like we have half the cast is sort of the younger mm-hmm, side, and mm-hmm. then the other half is the older side. Um, you know, obviously with Connie being kind of at the the oldest side. Um, but but I did find that like, I don't know. I just felt like I I didn't feel like they they satisfied either side uh, of the either the the nostalgia side or the modern sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I never it never felt like it really hit on either either side, and it felt like if they had just chosen one, if they had just sort of stuck to one side or the other, um, it could have gotten a, a little bit better. Um, I, I really actually kind of wish that the show was set in the actual timeline of when Blockbuster was shutting down. I think the fact that it's not kind of does hurt the show, um, only because, you know, it they, there was there's so much that they could have played with with setting it in a specific time mm-hmm. instead of as you know right now um and i just felt like it i don't know i just felt like it was a bit of a a missed opportunity now i will say again i'm comparing this show to other shows that i've seen more than one season of mm-hmm. and that's not a hundred percent fair and i totally understand that because i wasn't on board with superstore uh, for the first season. I actually mm-hmm. didn't think it was that good. I still don't think it's that good, even after watching better seasons <laughs> of Superstore. Um, I think it's not that great. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested to see, because I think they could win me over with a second season of this show. Um, by the finale, like literally the finale of the show, was when certain elements started to click for mm. me, where I did really laugh at that lady, you know, chiming in at the <laughs> wrong time and backing out. I did start to really laugh um, with Percy's character uh, and enjoyed his experience with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did, you know, there's a I won't we won't spoil who it is, but there is a fantastic uh, guest appearance in the final episode. Who, when you see them, you'll you'll almost be like, oh, they're literally their character from another show uh, that, they're, that they're featured on. Um, and that was great to see. I, I think the, they really pulled out all the stops for the finale. And that was my favorite episode of the show. I just wish that I felt that way earlier into the season. 
Mm, I get that. I mean, I, again, for me, it was around episode six or seven that I really started getting invested with the characters. Uh, and yeah. I, maybe it was just because I saw where the story could go and potentials a bit clearer at that point. But mm-hmm. again, some of these sitcoms, again, I keep going back to Superstore because it's the one that totally. like, I was keep remembering when watching this series. And it was that... It, it took time to grow. And I, I feel like that's, I keep going to, I'm going to keep saying that, that I see a lot of potential and I hope that we do get to explore more of these stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's the tricky part with Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Again, like huge thanks to Netflix Canada for getting us this review. I, I just, you know, there, there's so many um, series that we get that are like this, that kind of just go away after one mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I do hope that the, the show does get more episodes, um, because I do think that like this cast, honestly, they're fantastic. I just don't think they've found the, the secret sauce that mm-hmm. makes this mm-hmm. series work for everyone. Um, but I can see them getting there again, the, the, the people behind this series, they, they know what they're doing. I just found that from a writing perspective, so much of it was just really unoriginal and real, like, like literally to the point where you're just like, oh, they're that character in this show, mm. right? Oh, they're, they're, this is the, the trope of the two characters that don't like each other, but do like each other, uh, kind of narrative. And it just, again, it just felt a little, a little too samey, uh, coming from those adjacent shows. Mm. Um, let's get to our final thoughts, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five late fees. Darcy, I'll get you to kick us off. Uh, like I said, I, I see a lot of potential for this show. And so that's probably where my score is going to be coming from. And a lot, the characters, again, are so endearing. I, I I know you're saying they do feel like they're rehashes. But at the same time, that those are staples across a lot of sitcoms. And I'm okay right. with rehashing them because I feel like with the second season that we would see some of that personality brought to these stereotype stereotypical sitcom characters. So I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope. And again, the relationships that they were building between the cast, like you said, with JB Smoove's character and his daughter between uh, Melissa Romero and Randall Park's characters. And then even between the two young kids and their platonic friendship and how they're there supporting each other the entire time. I really enjoy all that. Uh, again, where the, where the show, uh, series kind of suffers, in my opinion, is that the tonal shifts that they kind of do and fail to mm-hmm. stick the joke in the wrong spot, kind of. Uh, so that's going to be bringing it down. But again, based on the potential alone and the fact that these characters, again, by the end of the series, I, I liked every single main character and I want to know more. I'm going to have to give this show a solid four out of five late fees, just because, again, right. I, I want to see more and I hope people you know, we'll take the time to grow with these characters so that by the end of episode 10, you're wanting to see more just as much as I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to see more. I think overall, I, um, I really, really, really wanted to enjoy this show. I think if you go back and listen to our trailer time, uh, you'll hear that I was, I was excited for Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just think it's, it's, as far as this first season goes, it's too close to the, to other, better shows that it's emulating uh, and I couldn't separate my mind from those shows every time a joke didn't land or a narrative aspect of one of these characters came up that I'd seen too many times before I think um, I actually think the the idea of you know a lot of people give a lot of shows guff for playing the nostalgia play but I think this is the one that it should have a little bit more. I think it could have actually really helped catering to the audience that loves Blockbuster, uh, you know, make more jokes about things that happened 
during the blockbuster, you know, phase, like, you know, uh, there's a, a great gag about like, a, you know, a store display setup in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Like, maybe you don't have the ability to, to bring Pokemon into it, but do something like that. Like have like a, a, a printout station that a bunch of like, you know, geeky kids are running up to or, you know, just kind of finding different ways to have sort of cater towards that audience that are watching Blockbuster. Yes, I get it. I want to see characters grow and develop. It's not just about the fact that they're at a Blockbuster, but also they're at a Blockbuster. Mm. So give me Blockbuster-related jokes a little bit more, I think, could have really helped. Um, I dig the cast a lot. I think Melissa Fumero and Randall R- R- Melissa Fumero and Randall Park have uh, really great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by the end of episode ten, I was r- I was just starting to actually enjoy their characters and enjoy the the additional characters and and their quirks, even if they aren't as I said very original for for me. Um, I'm hoping people listen to you, Darcy, more than me, and actually choose to watch it because. Uh, based on my experience with the finale alone, I really would be willing to check out a season two. Uh, if they can shake off the awkward try-hard jokes and just give us characters that we can be more invested in. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm a little lower on it. I'm going to be giving Blockbuster a, a three out of five late fees. Well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for Blockbuster. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the movies or shows we cover, well, I'm going to squeeze you through this little slot over to Darcy <laughs> to let you know how you can reach us. Well, they can always reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if you feel like you've gotten some stale candy and don't want to risk biting into it again, you can always reach <laughs> us over on Instagram at wearegeekcentric or on Twitter at geekcentricYT. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, that would probably be the worst thing, too. Like, not only did you come home and your rentals, your your game that you rented is is terrible, but now you got some stale candy in front of you, dude. You're breaking breaking teeth, your teeth. You ch- yeah, come no, on. not fun. Sounds like a bad not idea. A, a bad time. time. Not a good time. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, we have a ton of up there episodes covering the latest and greatest movies and shows out now, like our recent spoiler-free reviews uh, for... Tales of the Jedi, Clerks 3, Black Adam, Wendell and Wild. Um, and if you want to get your 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 spooky on, um, maybe, you know, it's Halloween is long over, but but you're still like, ah, I really miss the Halloween feeling. And uh, you want to know what to watch? Well, listen, we also have our spoiler-free and filled reviews for Werewolf by Night and our spoiler-free review for Hocus Pocus 2. Um, and we have a ton of interviews, uh, like our upcoming interview with some of the cast from the upcoming Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, also, our spoiler-free thoughts for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, our, our, the, we have our, our sort of our initial thoughts on our socials, but our full review will be out on November 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be doing a separate episode covering uh, our spoiler-filled discussion shortly after the uh, movie comes out on November 11th. So subscribe both here and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric, uh, you know, and on your your podcast service of choice or whatever uh, so that you don't miss anything. Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this review. And as we say, love ya. Laters. <laughs>